Hey, what's happening, everybody? This is Dennis Terrell of Terrell Knifeworks, and you and I are listening to the Work For It podcast, where the emphasis is on business in the workshop. You can support these guys for as little as $1 a month or $12 a year, and show your support by going to patreon.com forward slash work for it to find out more. $12 a year? That won't even buy two gallons of gasoline here in California. You might as well support these guys like I do so they can help us all work for it. Hey, you listen to the Work For It podcast. It's Brian House in the house, and we bring to you business in the workshop. That's right. If you make things and or sell things or you feel like you want to make and sell things, this is the podcast for you. This show, all shows and future shows are brought to you by the beautiful people over at Patreon. If you want to be a patron, you can for as little as $10.80 a year. And get this, if you join our patron for $10.80 a year, you get included included in the Gnome Hammer Forge Hammer Monthly Giveaway, which means you could win one of Ryan's hammers from his workshop he makes every month and gives them away. And you get one free entry if you're a patron. So that gives you a little added bonus to our patronage. And also we have a couple other paid sponsors that we'll talk about later in the show. And I wanted to just quickly give a shout out. If you haven't listened to the Elon Musk and Joe Rogan interview, you must, must, must. It's an important interview to listen to for numerous reasons because he talks about manufacturing, why he bought Twitter and turned it into X, and how he feels like the, the human species is progressing over time. It's an important interview. I think you should go listen to it. I did and uh, changed my views on a few things, so I really appreciate that. And I love Joe Rogan, so that's a great podcast to, to listen to in general. So a couple other podcasts I listen to, Hustle and Grind, Forge Side Chat, Knife Talk, these are all the ones that are in my my pocket at all times. Makeshift, another big one. The Clamp Cast. These are all maker podcasts, maker centric podcasts. Uh, Making Our Way is another one. Really great. Uh, so if you're looking for new audio content to li- to listen to, check out our show notes because I've updated those with all the the list of the things that I listen to while I'm in my workshop and working. Remember, you are the one who makes your destiny change right here, right now. Today is the first day of it. I've got to tell you, this week was hard on me. It Mm -hmm. really fucking beat me down. This week and last week in general, I just felt slammed by numerous things. And I started to think about why does this matter so much right now? Why is all of this heavy shit coming down on me? And I realized it's because I can handle it. I know I can handle it. How I get there, how I react, how I make those decisions, how I build a better business, I be a better father, better husband, and a better friend. It's all how I react and how I approach things. So when the world starts smashing me down and I start feeling that negativity and I start feeling the adversity, I know I'm on the right track, baby. I know because I'm onto something big. It's even bigger than I could even imagine. And I'm going to think bigger, and I'm going to help you do that too. So together with me, Brian, and Nick, right here on the Work For It podcast, put your big boy pants on, stuff them big balls down into those shorts, (laughs) and get ready to work for it, baby. Let's go, Brian. Let's do it, baby. Yeah. I just woke up my whole house because my asinine children have the day off today. I don't even know why. (laughs) But they're listening to me scream on this microphone in the middle of the house. And they're going, Dad's podcasting again. <laughs> this is bullshit. We have the day off. Why do we have to listen to Dad podcast? There's no Welcome such to the thing real as a day off. Yeah. Mm. Hopefully I got you guys fired up for this podcast. I don't want any oh, more yeah. bullshit negative energy from either of you guys. I'm tired of it. So I guess I can't tell you about my week then. Well, my week has been horrible. <laughs> sounds like everybody's having this this October like kind of a slump or an October kind of like uh, pressure. I don't know what it is. I, I started digging into my numbers from last year and I'm like, yeah, every year in October we get this like temporary slump. And then no, this is... So you understand Black Friday, right? I'm going to just give a quick overview as to what the term Black Friday means. Because some people don't understand it. I didn't know about it until I became a retailer. But the term going into the black 
in a, with a corporation means that you've turned a profit. Right. And get this, majority of corporations don't turn a profit for the entire fiscal year, meaning starting in January. They don't turn a profit until November. Yeah, so that's wild. It's wild, right? So you think about it and you go, wait a minute. That's what Black Friday is? Yes. Black Friday, the biggest day of retail shopping happens the day after Thanksgiving. And there's a few reasons why. People are fat and happy. They're together, usually family-wise. They've got the day off of work. They go shopping, blah, blah, blah. Of course, retailers and corporations leverage this to run their biggest and best sales during that time to tip the scales from being in the in the red, which is the negative, to being in the black, which is the positive, turning a profit. And I say this with its tongue-in-cheek because a lot of corporations make money throughout the year. But because of the salaries that these corporate heads, these executives take now, you see these guys making millions and millions of dollars and you know they pull it all down. They're still pulling that salary, so technically that is profit. Corporate-wise, though, it's good to turn a profit a little bit towards the end of the year. You're going to pay tax, corporate tax on that money. This is why a lot of um, people complain about like big, rich dudes like Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk. And they're like, these guys don't pay any taxes. You know, Amazon hasn't paid any taxes and blah, blah, blah. Yes, they do pay taxes. It's just they pay income tax versus corporate tax. It's just different. Or they pay it in other ways like stock options and dividends. It definitely does get taxed. That money gets taxed. I'm not saying they don't get incentives and state incentives and all of that. I understand all of that. It's just that as a corporation, I'm an employee of Housemaid. I make a a corporate salary, okay? And I pay income tax on that quarterly. As it comes through, I just pay it. You know, just every time I get a paycheck, you know, just like you guys, if you're working for someone else, my taxes and Social Security and Medicaid and all that is deducted like a regular corporation. So at the end of the year, I don't owe a bunch of money. This is the same concept, but corporations have are also like basically human entities they need to turn a profit too otherwise the irs gets very interested in what you're doing they want to know like why are you running a business if you're not making any money uh they so they turn a profit right around the end of november to show that they've made money this is how it works this is how capitalism essentially is in with our current tax code works so when you're looking to buy anything black friday is like the time to do it and a lot of people wait this is why you see the October slump because people go, it's all coming at the end of November anyway. Right. So why would I pay now when I know I can, you know, save like 20% or 30% uh, at the front. Now, does this mean you should stand outside of a Best Buy waiting to buy a $5 coffee maker? <laughs> Absolutely. Are you going to get in a tent and sit outside of GameStop and, you know, get a free Xbox or some bullshit? free you think they're giving mean, shit away for free i don't know how it works i just know that there's people standing outside See, of these places and yeah. i think to myself and if you do this no judgment but you got better uses for your time i'm just saying there well, should look be at the people at blade show that do it yeah that's true that's true they do it too because they're looking to buy something to flip yeah. those yeah. guys running in the door at the beginning of blade show are going after the small sets of like the numbered runs of things that are coming off the line because, and I know this from first second hand, but firsthand knowledge that I've witnessed somebody buy something and then flip it for like twice the amount of money they paid for it that within an hour, like on a forum. You oh know? yeah. So it does. I've happen. seen it too. I've seen it with Jeremy uh, from hate stick manufacturing his work. A lot of people rush in there to go get like a glove box shorty or something like that. And they're like, I think 500 and they turn around and sell them for like 8,000, you know, like no easy money, like no problem. And Mm. it's just because the demand's there and people want that, you know? Yeah. I just, uh, you know, I, I'm not, that's not me. I'm not, uh, I'm not that guy, but, uh, you know, Hey, if you decide to do that, no more power to you. That's a, that's your hustle. You know, um, I, I love hustle. You know that, um, I've just never really, I've never really understood it. I've worked what five black Fridays. I will never, I've never really gone to any sort of black Friday, but especially seeing it from the other side, I, I ain't about that life. There's 
realistically, you're getting like what thirty percent off at best. What are you What are you doing? What is it really worth that much hassle? To, yeah, it just I don't get it. I don't either. But and there's the shit people that, like you said, the thirty percent off are like those little cheesy, you know, waffle makers or the the coffee makers. You know, the big expensive stiff stuff are still big and expensive. You you might get five percent off, but like, come on, I don't yeah. get it, man. Maybe Black Friday has just gotten really shitty lately. It could be that I just I just personally don't uh, I don't see the reason for the waiting outside. But if you know, hey, if, if some people get a total rush from it, and I get that. It's you know, if you decide that this is what you want to do with your time, that's cool. And when I had less money, when I was a person that you know didn't have a lot, you know, that coffee maker or that TV might make a huge difference in my life at that time. That's true. Uh, to the value of my time, my off time or whatever. But I will say your off time should really be spent doing other things like a side hustle or whatever. Something That's, productive. In my opinion, what, something more productive. Yeah. I I started, uh, I'm going to, so I'm on a bunch of podcasts this, in the next two, three weeks. I'm going on a bunch of shows and I was talking, I'm going on full blast with Jeff. And, you know, he was like, what do you want to talk about? You know, and I was making some jokes and, and, um. And then I said, you know, I really want to talk about, I think, what it looks like to be forced to do something creative to make money, you know, and what that looks like. Because, for instance, like Housemaid started because I was doing something creative and I really loved the work that I was doing. And yeah. and over time, it sort of becomes like a numbers game, right? It's not so much the creative side of things anymore. Although I do get to do quite a few creative projects in between the more sales driven stuff that I do. And I wish that it wasn't so necessary to focus so much on the sales. And I feel like, you know, towards the end of the year, when you're pushing to complete, um, you know, or you're pushing to end the fiscal year, which is just a fucking number anyway. It's just a date and number, and it doesn't really mean a lot, but it does. You know, it's important to set goals. I feel like, you know, I wish I got a chance to do more of the creative stuff and not have to lean so much on the sales end of things. Mm. But you and I all know, everyone listening to this knows that if you slow up on the sales side, you won't have any money to do the creative work. You have to balance it. And that's why yeah. we do, you know, we talk about the 50 50 rule. You got to do 50% making, 50% selling. And I've been challenged on that a couple of times from people. And I'm like, yeah, it's just a perspective thing. Like they're like, you have to really push your stuff. You really have to do. It. I'm like, if you talk to any successful entrepreneur, they'll all tell you where they put a majority of their time and energy is into the sales. Like it is easy to come up with something a product, a design, a, a, you know, concept. Those are easy things. That's the, you know, an idea written down on a paper napkin is just an idea. You have to have all of the other things behind it in order for it to be successful. It's not just the manufacturing. It's not just the idea. It has to be sales driven. And, you know, I'm just, I'm burning out on it, to be honest. Like, I think like, man, we, now if I push something or if I've tried to sell something, it's like it's like this weird wave where I'll push to create a product and then I create that product and then I'm pushing to sell it because I've got all this money and R&D and time and energy and I go, I got to make that money back. And then it becomes like too hard to keep up with the sales to keep, and then I have to go make the stuff, you know, to sell it. So it's like this back and forth thing. And I'm like, honestly, I get I'm fucking burning out, man. Like, I'm just mm. like, okay. I'm, and right around this time of year, you can't afford to burn out. No. It's going to get fucking worse. Like, this is nothing. Like, I'm going to get slammed for the next two months, maybe even three. And uh, so that's what I think we're going to talk about on the on Full Blast. And then, by the way, I'm going on Weld.com's nice. podcast. Nice. Today. They spotted so you with your uh, Viver uh, welding lid and they wanted you on the show. <laughs> <laughs> You're paying your dues now. No, I got a really funny story about this. So, like, I'm standing there talking to somebody. I don't remember who it was. Oh, no, I was talking with um, Lucas Fabrications and um, he introduces me to the weld.com guys. 
and he's like, Hey, you should talk to Brian because he does this, this and this. And that's how I got, uh, this is at maker camp, by the way. And, um, and this is in the four, this is in the welding or the, uh, not the welding area, but the, uh, blacksmithing tent. And then, uh, this guy from barefoot forge, I can't remember his first name. I don't know if he listens to the podcast or not, but he walks up to us with a zip, like a gallon size Ziploc bag filled with joints. Nice. <laughs> where was I? So it's me. <laughs> yeah. Come on, pickle. Where the hell were you? Yeah. And he goes, he like, and it's loud in there. And, you know, you got the coal iron uh, ha- air hammer going off behind us and the forge is burning and everything. And he walks up with the bag and he just kind of steps in between all of us like we're in a circle. And he's like, hey, does anybody want some of this? And uh, we were all like, like, wait, what the fuck is <laughs> what's going on right now? And um, and we all kind of ignore it. Like, we're not sure because it's kind of a business meeting. Like, we're all talking business. And uh and then he puts the bag away, kind of like shies away. And I go, hold on a second. What is that? And he goes, it's marijuana. Just like that. <laughs> and I go, oh, yeah. Can I have a couple of those? So I grab a couple joints out. So now I've got my hand like elbow deep in this bag. And I'm pulling out like it's a fistful of joints. Straight up Halloween shit. but with Straight weed. up Halloween shit. And, uh, and, and I pull out these joints and I go, these are for my wife because, you know, she uses it medicinally and we're not allowed to travel with it. So, um, and in New York, of course it's recreational, I believe you know, so like, it's like having a beer, you know, you can have weed anywhere. And, um, and then, so I gave the joints to Sarah. She was super excited about it. And then I totally understand her. Yeah. <laughs> oh, trust me, man. It was like serendipitous. Cause she, you know, it's a little weird. Like when you're at maker camp and you're there representing a business, it's like, you don't want to be walking around smoking a joint. Right. But you kind of do because everybody's drinking beers and doing whatever anyway. So it doesn't really matter. Um, and then she's like, where should I smoke this? I'm like, I don't know, right here. I mean, you know, it's not. And then, of course, she lights the joint, and then everybody kind of comes around and hangs out. And it's a puff, puff, pass session. <laughs> she broke the and ice. Everybody's good. She broke the ice. It was, and it was the barefoot forge guy that did it, and he's great, by the way. He was so nice and so kind and so fun. But anyway, the well.com guys invited me out through all of that, invited me to come on the podcast. So we're going to record that today. So that should be fun. Nice. Yeah. Anyways, I've talked enough. How are you guys doing? How's your week? Go ahead. Go. Nick, you want to jump? No, we're going to let go. You want Brian to jump in first? (sighs) Yep. Dude, it has been a bummer of a week on my end. Um, So Emily, you know, she's been gone. She had jury duty. Emily's mom had some pretty major surgery. So I was there for the vast majority. Actually, like, Pretty much, I left on, what, Thursday evening, and I've been there until last night. So, well, not last night, but yesterday around noonish, I got I got back, finally got back to the shop. And, uh, yeah, I mean, basically, they, they asked me because if she falls and, you know, only grandma's there, they need somebody to be able to help her up and stuff like that. So, when the family asks to help, I'm, I'm there to help, you know? But um, so, yeah, I've had very, very low production this week. Uh, as soon as I got home, I was super excited because, you know, the Apollo Forge is there. So I got to, you know, kind of see all that, unpack it and realize that, hey, I need quite a few little components that I forgot to order. So now I'm waiting on those. <laughs> hey, but you're you're going to get set up and oh, uh, and we painted yeah. it for you. We made oh, it all yeah. nice. Oh, dude, I'm telling you, you guys rolled out the the red carpet for me. That thing is so cool. I really appreciate it. And like, I was originally going to record myself opening it, but I started recording it and I was like getting all emotional and teary and like, holy shit, this is so cool type of (laughs) it. So of course I can't put that out there. Come on. Yeah. I know the feeling. Be vulnerable, man. It's all, it's all good. Oh yeah, sure, sure. But you know, I'm, I'm just really, you know, I'm really thankful for the amount of help both professionally and with tools and with everything that you and your, your team has helped out. I, I, it's just, it's huge for me, but I'm really excited. It's looks like on the 10th, it should, you know, the rest of the part should get to me. So I'm excited to put it together and show it off and make a couple of videos around it. It'll be fun. You'll need one tool you may not have. And that's an, um, an NPT quarter inch quarter, 18 NPT tap that will for the pipe. So that's something to think mm. about too um 
I'll look at the uh, local hardware stores. I'm sure I can find it somewhere. Yeah, there it's common. It's like a common plumbing tap that you'll yeah. you'll use. But yeah, that's the one thing I didn't mention to you. But it's all on our resources page. Right. You can if you can't find one locally, you can. Uh, but yeah, it's a simple tap because the, the pipe is thin, so you just need to tap the pipe. But uh, I'm excited for you, Brian, and I think it's going to be a great addition to your shop. And I sent you one made door that's like on mm-hmm. the hinge and then i sent you one door that you'll have to make yourself yep which is kind of fun so it and is, the cast is. a light that we sent you i believe is enough to make two doors so you'll nice. have to split it and you know you don't use all the dry uh you, you'll have more than you'll need so just okay. you know weigh it out and stuff but uh sure but yeah no i think uh it'll be a fun project for you and i'm interested to see I know you've used an Apollo, like in Jeremy's shop right. and all, but it'll be interesting to see how it affects how you work because you do a lot of forging out of things and you're doing it all the time. And, I, you know, you've been using the Devil's Forge or whatever you've had before. And I think what you're going to see is just an increase in efficiency. Yeah. If that makes sense. You're going to have like a much better experience and you won't be paying so much to fill your propane tanks because it'll be, <laughs> you know, more yeah. of an efficient. Uh, That'll be nice for sure. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that I'm really excited for is uh, Cody Casanos. I'm not sure how to say it. C2 Forge. I think it's um, Santos. Santos. Yeah, I think that's um, he. I'm sure you, he's been talking to you about it, but he did that. Um, the tap control or the the. Um, the oh, pin controller. The pin yeah. controller. There it is. That uh, that Tyrell did to his forge. So I I was hoping to be the first person to put that in a, on Apollo, but he's done it now, and it seems to be working. So him and, and I had a long conversation about that because you know my take on thermal couples inside of a forge mm-hmm. is is uh you know, they wear really quickly and then they become less accurate. Mm. But he found one that is encased in sort of a ceramic Mm. and he drilled a hole, like the perfect size of one and it slides in and it's like, it's, it's like it protects the tip of the thermocouple. And I'm, I'm guessing that that's going to be pretty accurate. I think it's going to work out pretty great, but there's a few people, some guys who actually make forges who just use a, a platinum thermocouple and they just stick it right in like the ones you would see in a kiln, for instance, like they're just mm. those little tiny uh, wires that hang from the top. And I'm like, yeah, that's, that's only accurate for like maybe five firings. And then it starts to degrade over time. And I, and I know that there's uh technical things to this and people have challenged me on this and you, you have, you can't because uh, I'm right. And, and it's, I'm right because I know I'm right because my father-in-law makes thermocouples. He owns a company that does it. So it's like, he knows, and he makes all the thermocouples for like Peter's heat treat and all those big companies. Like that's what he does. And, uh, he's and it was funny because Sarah, when she was a little girl, when they started that company, she was one of the kids twisting up the wires and TIG welding mm-hmm. them together. I mean, she did that when she was a kid. That's awesome. Um, yeah, it's really cool. But uh, oh, and by the way, before I forget, I got a million messages about the laser pecker. <clears throat> okay, I understand. <laughs> I'm wrong. I said it was a fiber laser. It's not a fiber laser. It's a infrared laser that mm. looks and acts and behaves exactly like a fiber laser. Mm. But I said fiber, so it's not a fiber laser. And yeah. there's and 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 everyone was super nice correcting me. By the way, I'm just being an asshole. <laughs> but uh, they 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 were like, you know, it's it's not a fiber laser. I'm like I, this is like the eighth message I got. So like I'm like, oh man, okay. So the difference in the laser pecker from a fiber laser is it's a it's a not as powerful as a fiber laser, and there's wattage differences. So if you decide you want to buy a laser pecker. Educate yourself on it first. Don't listen to Brian. Because there's different versions. <laughs> yeah, don't listen to me. It's not a fiber laser. Even though it looks and acts and behaves just like a fiber laser. It's not a fiber laser. It's an infrared laser. It does the same things, but it's at lesser power, and it takes a lot longer to do things. It's not like the okay. duck story where around. it looks like a duck, walks like a duck, quacks like a duck. Must be a duck, right? Then again, <sighs> if you say that same thing with a pecker, I don't know, I don't know if that's family friendly or not. 
The laser ducker. The laser, ducker. <laughs> the laser quacker. Yeah. Peck, peck. So, anyways, but uh, getting back to the 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 forge conversation, I think you're gonna really love it. And yeah, Cody. Oh, by the way, another shout out for Cody. He's gonna be on Forged and Fire. Uh, yeah, I was just gonna say before we get so, too far, it looks like he's just on the big FIF. Whole whole bunch of people are coming out in season ten. By the way, yeah. So and uh, Dave Baker uh, contacted me yesterday, and he wants a forge. So we're gonna there you go. Do something, I guess, in his shop. Very nice. So, well, pickle, what's going on in your life? My life uh, took a, a very, very big turn as the season has changed, and it snowed on Monday. And I am happy. You stopped smoking? No, weed? no, no. Happened? It snowed. It just snowed. All I need is snow. <laughs> <laughs> Never. But uh, oh, no, man. we got a, a decent for our first like snow of the season. We got like. Would have been like five inches of snow, but you know some of it melted at first. But you know, on the ground, as of yesterday morning, we would have had like four inches of snow, pretty much, and uh, that that totally flipped my mood and everything else. And like, I'm driving back from town yesterday, and I see the local ski hill across the border, and that's all white, and the trails are all like apparent, and it's just like totally different mood and mindset for me at this time of the year when snow happens. So uh, that's. Uh, that part of my life is is okay and amazing right now. Shop wise, uh, that's going pretty good too. I got all my orders out yesterday. I had to ship seven knives to one sheath maker for three different customers. Mm. So that was a good uh, good order to ship out. I was a little bit stressed with it because you know that's seven high end knives in one box going through a untrustworthy mailing system. So uh, I was a little worried, so I dropped two grand on insurance on it. Well, it didn't cost me two grand, but I dropped a two thousand dollar insurance on the package just in case. Nice, yeah, it's a good idea. And uh, what was pretty cool is I was able to take advantage of uh, a small business opportunity they have with Post Canada is uh, in October. Every Tuesday is free shipping for one package. So uh, I obviously, you know, like took that. And uh, ran with it, so I shipped that box for free and only had to pay for the insurance, which was a pretty big box, too. So, there you go, yeah, it worked out. Spe- that so sounds like a gone, hell of a deal. Excuse- have you gone snowboarding? No, 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 yeah. there's not enough snow for that. But you know, I could take out, okay. I could take out an old rock board, and well, we call them rock boards because you know, that you don't want to take a brand new board out on first opening day, you know, because a lot of times there'll be rocks sticking out here and there, or whatever you know, little stumps. And so you take out a beater board and, uh, I could have taken one of those out and had some fun for sure. Yeah. But, uh, priorities are not snowboarding right now. Priorities are orders and, uh, what's coming up for Christmas too. You know, I got, I don't have that many in the books for Christmas, but they're all complex builds. So, you know, like six complex Mm -hmm. builds in two months for me are just enough. I don't want more for Christmas. So I got to focus on that. Once that's out of the way, then I could focus on snowboarding more. Nice. But yeah, nice. other than that, smooth sailing. It's been a good week. Speaking of speaking of beautiful snow coming down, you guys saw that video I sent you last yeah, night. Yeah, that was nice. Oh, man. Emily and I kind of decided, well, we just kind of had a shitty, you know, weekend slash week. Not shitty. We're with her family, but, you know, we didn't get to do things that we were kind of hoping to do, but... You know, things are so we got home and there's a central football game, you know, live live in Mount Pleasant. So it's pretty easy to go to those, you know, college football games. But we hadn't gone to one all year yet. So we're like, well, screw it. Let's I mean, it's relatively cheap. Let's go and, you know, try to see a good portion of the game. We got there and it's, you know, 30 degrees out, nice and cold. So we layered up and it just started snowing. Just out of like it was snowing a little bit before the game, but we got in there. It was clear, but halfway, just coming up to halftime. It, I mean, it was at least quarter size giant globs of snow coming down. Just it, it felt like we're in the middle of a snow globe. It was really kind of fun. But I love that shit. We've stayed through halftime, and got the hell out of Dodge. It was too cold, but you know, See, us fun. here, it's been literally like thirty two, thirty degrees for the past three, four days, like all day long. And uh, yeah. to me, it's just so pleasing. You know, I'm I'm like an Eskimo. I prefer winter over any other season. I prefer cold weather over hot 
weather, you know, even though I sacrifice that and go to Florida sometimes. But uh, like right now, this is like my hoodie weather for me. <laughs> and yeah. I'm loving it. I'm loving it. I uh, I was got a video this morning from Ryan over at Gnome Hammer, and he's working on the hammer hundred dollar hammer project. How's that I think going? It's gonna, I think it's going to sell out. I mean, uh, a couple people have asked if we would do a pre order for the patrons, and I'm going to do that. So if you're a patron and you want uh, a hammer, I'm going to make it available to you guys uh, probably a day or two before they go public. There's 50 of them, exactly 50. So they'll be probably should have made a hundred, but, uh, I don't, I didn't want to put that much pressure on Ryan to make a hundred hammers, but, um, it's the hundred dollar cross peen from Ryan over at Gnome Hammer. But he, uh, and we, man, we did, you should see our DMS between us. We went back and forth with like the different types of stains for the handles and the shape of the head and like how we're going to do the hot stamp and, all of that. And by the way, we made him the hot stamps and we sent them to him. So he should have them probably today or tomorrow. And that project will, is in full swing. We're also doing a couple of neat collabs with, um, we're doing, you know, the little uh, Thor's hammers that um, Reaper Metal or Reaper Manufacturing makes, Bobby. We're going to get a bunch of those on the website. We're going to sell those for this year for stocking stuffers. The collab project that we're working on with these different makers, I mentioned it like once or twice, I think, on the podcast, and I got a bunch of DMs from people, and we made a bunch of uh, good business connections. I think what Housemate is good at is that we're good at marketing things, and if we put our time and energy behind something, I think people know that it's good quality, yeah. you know, that they're not going to get like something weird or whatever, because Etsy is just filled with dudes in <laughs> Thailand making shit that's crap and like whatever, and it's unfortunate it's you can't trust the stuff you buy from etsy anymore it used to be that all that stuff was handmade but i've tried to order a few things now and it's like made in it tells me it's like being made in georgia by some guy and it's like some picture of some dude that's got like a bearded face and he looks like and totally like he's from georgia and then i get the package and it comes like a month later and it's from india yeah uh, it's just it sucks and I've threatened those people. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to leave you one star review and just tell everybody that you're it's not American made and that you're you're falsifying your information. They plead with me not to do it and please don't do that. And I'm like, you're, you're lying to everyone. I'm sorry, yeah. this matters. You're just lying to everybody. Anyways, I don't want to get down that road. Speaking but what of I'm saying is, is that we're doing the Hammer Project with Ryan at Gnome Hammer. And this morning he sent me a video. And he's like, I'm trying to get out here and work on the hammers, but he's like, man, it, his power has been knocked out. Because I guess you guys got a ton of snow last night. I don't know if you got the same storm that he got, Brian. But the west side of the state normally gets way more snow than we do. Uh, okay. Lake effect. Hmm. Well, is that because yeah, they're so close to Lake Michigan? Is that right, why? Right. Ah, yeah. Okay. It normally dumps off on them before it even comes close to us. Yeah, but, he got slammed. Like his yeah. power is out and everything. Bam. Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of, you know, kind of messing with people that are con artists on, you know, different platforms, have you guys ever messed with the people on Instagram? It's something that oh, like yeah. the the people that send you, it's so obvious that they're just ripping off pictures from wherever and, you know, try, just, you know, cold calling you in the DMs. What are they trying to do? Yeah. Sell you a knife? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's, it's so I weird. mean, you, you go through their things and you can just see, you know, None of these knives were made by the same person. They're so totally different. You know, it's just. I whatever. fuck with them all. But you know what gets me? DMs, like when I get the messages, it's that and the mosaic pins. Like those are yeah. always in my DMs on Instagram and I'm always like fucking with them yeah. too. Like one guy had like email, like he was ready for my money. And I told like he was trying to sell me, I think was 25 knives. And I was like, times that by a hundred. I want 2,500 knives. Give me a good price, blah, blah, blah. And like, I got him right to the <laughs> point where we were going to, you know, do the deal. And then I was like, nah, but I was just fucking with you. <laughs> yeah. I've been, um, I've been doing one where I'm just, I'm just emulating the worst customers that I've ever had. Yep. Where I'm saying like, you know, hey, I want you to make me a chef knife that looks like a dragon <laughs> and then have them, you know, come up with different ideas. Oh, no, I changed my mind. I want it to look like a dolphin. Have them, 
you know, said make me a whole different. And I have this dude. I mean, he's he's probably sent me three different sketches of different designs he's been making. Oh you guys and, are the worst. And, but like, here's the thing: these guys are con artists. They're bastards. Yeah. If they're not scamming, or if they're tr- not trying to scam me, they're going to be out scamming some little Gullible lady. Person, yeah. is, you know, exactly. I'd rather I would rather them spend their time on me <laughs> than actually scamming somebody. That's a good point. I see where you're doing, where you're going with that. You're you're distracting them from people that are actually going to get right. scammed. It's also kind of a little bit cathartic because we've all had those asshole customers yep. that just you know. There's no yeah. way they just want us waste your time. They don't actually. They're never gonna buy a damn thing. Yeah. You spot those Ugh. out pretty quick now. Like no. at first, I used to be like two yeah. days later, send them another message. So did you think about it? <laughs> now it's like I'm yeah. talking to them, and it's like, all right, this is going nowhere. So I'll forget about this. You know, within the next half hour, I'm done with him, and I'm not gonna sell him a knife, and I'm okay with it. You know, it's interaction, yeah. anyways. You know, interaction is you know some interaction yeah. is better than none. So. That's how I kind of see. Yeah. My my favorite is I've so I started getting into <clears throat> the cigar world with these ashtrays, and I get this message from this account, and they're like, "Hey, shoot me a DM. I have a question for you." And it was like something cigar, and sure. I'm like, "Yeah, this is gonna be one of those like, yeah, you let me let me uh, post your post on my yeah. feed and get you Damascus knife makers sure. and." <laughs> Exactly. Blacksmith.world and all this bullshit. So, uh, so of course, I DM the person and I'm like, hey, how you doing? And they're like, and I never do this because I'm just, I don't have time for the shit, but whatever. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to mess and see where this goes. Because I thought maybe they're going to try because Their feed was very impressive. It looked really nice. They had like very great, like nice photos of the work that was being sold. And it sure. looked great. And I was like, wow, that's really nice. Um and then in the DMs, I realized what they were doing was uh, they were taking those photos from other accounts and yeah. reposting them and building their own social platform to get this. They wanted to help me build my following. <laughs> when you have a bigger and following. Now, this account them. has like <laughs> four times. I have four times the amount of followers they have. So I told the guy, I go, wait, but you have less followers than me. How does that work? And he goes, well, because we have, you know, the, our following is 20,000 and, you know, it's a different world. And I can see his point, you know, like he was saying, like, it's a different customer base here. Mm. And I'm going to introduce you to my my customers or my followers or whatever. And I'm like, started thinking about it. And I'm just like, I don't need your fucking customers like i don't need that i'm not in this business to make ashtrays you know i i just it was it was his approach was like very like scammy and kind of yeah. like you know hello let me get you more followers i'm like i don't i love i would love yeah. more followers it's just like not when, like that when you not post like something that. on instagram yeah. like pictures reels don't get those comments as much but pictures do as soon as you post a picture it takes yes. literally like 15 seconds and you have a comment it's like oh send uh send to whatever for promotion or promote to and then and it's all those scams where they want your money like a hundred dollars to repost your post it's like no like yeah well yeah. that's my favorite is looking at those ones and seeing you know, oh well, if if I if you send me a hundred dollars, I'll post it, and I've got so many people, and we'll you know really mm-hmm. boost you up. And then you go and look through their feed, and all of them have like one or two likes. They've got like yeah. however, or they've got like or no, excuse me, they have like fifty thousand likes or whatever, and it's always nice yeah. round number amount of likes, but it has like one yeah. comment. Yeah, <laughs> Come on, it there's no way. Like Come fake. on, it's yeah, just it's so fake. ridiculous. I, I I will say. You have to look at the engagement. So when anybody approaches me about like doing a collab like that, I always look at their engagement on their posts. Yeah. And, you know, anything I post, I get like 20, 30, 50, 80 comments, you know, like that's a common thing for me. Yeah. Because I'm always in, I'm, but you, I'm, I'm, but it's here, you know, my strategy is if you comment on something that I post, I always respond. Right. You know, it's just that simple. It's engagement, and uh, it might just be thank you, I appreciate it, thank you, thank you. Sometimes but it's I just respond with one of Whereas, those little 
emojicons that they have in the quick replies. You know, as yeah. long as it's a reply, it, yeah. it, it moves numbers in your in your uh, insights and all it that matters. shit. And that probably plays into the algorithms as well, too, you know? Hundred percent. And so when I go on these other like these influencer type uh, folks that are up the, out there, and there's a lot of them that are uh, they have a ton of followers, but they don't ever like or follow or respond to any of these comments. You know, a bunch of people are commenting on. Yeah, their they stuff don't like don't or nothing. Do yeah, it. you could scroll like, through the comment section, and it's like these people are talking to a wall because Buddy's not responding at the other end. Yeah. Hundred yeah. percent, and then these, and then it's even more funny when those accounts are like that blacksmith dot world account, and they do the yeah. same thing where they don't respond to the people who are commenting <laughs> under their pictures anyway, and it's a stolen picture, and their whole their whole business is based upon getting you more followers and getting yep. engagement, and who it's just it's backwards, and who's gonna scam you like the most like like. I noticed as well too with like these DMs and these comments that we get from people uh, seems to to work around the hashtags that we use. Yep. Because I one point had uh, went on Google and like looked for hashtags. You know, you could get hashtag lists and just copy and paste them. And I went for like a small business. I went to change up my hashtag. So I found this you know ha- hashtag list for like small business and this and that. And I didn't really read through it properly. And uh, there was like a black woman business, small business, you know, it was like orientated towards black people. And, sure. Uh, and anyways. So You're not that, black? No, I'm not. Wait, well, from my waist to my on. knees, yes. But <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, that's the thing. It's like now when I post something and even after those hashtags have been deleted from my list, if you look at the comments that I get when I post a picture, it's like support black woman business. That, I've like, seen that under your post. Yeah, before. and, like, and they the don't go away. Come from? They don't go away. <laughs> they, they're they're there to stay. I don't get it. Like, and I believe it's because those hashtags at one point flagged something and whatever. And now I'm a target. You know. Yep. Yep. Mm. That's how it works. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Because it's 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 kind of annoying. I like I giggle at it, but it annoys me. It's like what the fuck. <laughs> I know it's funny. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of hashtags, do you guys know that uh, if you hashtag WFI projects, that you can get shouted out on this show? And we do this all the time, where we'll go and dig into WFI projects. As of right now, there's fifteen thousand eight hundred and sixty. Nice. projects that have been hashtagged on there and we want to we want to give a big shout out to our supporters um, and our sponsors who support WFI projects because a lot of these projects in Instagram with that hashtag are using Baker Forge steel if you go to bakerforge.com use WFI 10 you can get yourself a beautiful piece of steel you can make all kinds of things out of Stormlight, Darren over at Stormlight knows this. He's making some really great stuff. If you look at his feed and you look at the WFI Projects feed, you'll see that he's using Baker Forge to create some really unique products, and it's not just knives. He's Now, because I think he's seen my little cigar ashtray thing, he's making little cigar rests out of the cutoff pieces that the guys over at Baker Forge sell, and it's a super creative project. I love it. Darren, you're crushing it. Thank you so much. And he makes worry stones and a bunch of other things. Um, and then when you're ready to do all the other stuff that you do when you're making things in your workshop, make sure you go to MaritimeKnifeSupply.com. Talk to Lawrence. Go over there. Find abrasives. Find steel. Find handle uh, material. Find mosaic pins that are you know beautiful, right? You can. We talked about that earlier in the show. Uh, every single thing you can think of that you would want to achieve a knife project. Make sure you go to MaritimeKnifeSupply.com. And uh, this year for Christmas, it's already November. Get this. I've been warning you, I think, since June that, oh, hey, the holidays are coming. You better stock up now. Get your stuff bought and ready to go because you're going to get a lot of business this this Christmas season. So remember to go to MaritimeKnifeSupply.com. Tell them the WFI boys sent you. And also one last supporter of our show, PelicanPace.com. Travis Haynes of Bird Forge came up with a really unique product. It's not like all the other wax and tins and oils and tins that you buff on and all this stuff. This is a really unique shell-like wax that you can put on any steel, any handle material, buff it to a shine. It creates a protective wax. Pelicanpaste.com. It smells like it smells like uh, like citrusy, I would say. Yeah. Very you know, Floridian. I, 
It's very Floridian. Yeah, he's up there by Steve Schwarzer. Hangs out with Steve from time to time. Steve uses it. We use it here at Housemade. We put it on certain things. I What I started doing was putting it on my work rest of my, uh, believe it or not, I put it on my work rest of my grinder because I'm doing a lot of wet grinding lately and uh, I just wanted to see if it would protect it, and it does. And nice. what I really like about it is if you put it on something metal, right, then you hit it with a heat gun or a torch and it remelts and goes back down onto whatever surface it's on. So it's really great stuff. Pelicanpaste.com, you can use WFI 10 to get 10% off there too. And uh, let's dive into WFI projects. What do you, do you guys, uh, you pulling anything out that you see? Oh, yeah. I, I pulled my finger out of my nose and I'm ready. All right. <laughs> I like it. Go ahead then, Pickle. You got one. All right, I'm going to, before you guys get to it, I'm going to shout out Will from Maine at Spruce Hill Studio. Made his first axe. Made his first axe three days ago, and two days ago he had it shafted and everything. I mean, hafted, well, it's got a handle on it, it's sharp, and it's sitting in a log, and it looks great. It's like a one and a half pound hammer, and it's up for grabs too. It needs a new home. Nice. So uh, that's nice, and I just want to pull another one out that he did as well too, because uh, Brian brought up the the Maker Mark stamps. Uh, he electro etched a hot stamp. That was oh. cool. That was cool. Yeah, I like that. It, you know, because you're gonna get that that rough handmade look probably from that stamp too, yeah. like those little minor inconsistencies, if you want to say, in the lines. That you know, that's all gonna play out, I believe, once he stamps that. I'm anxious to see what he does with that. Very nice. Yeah, I've been seeing those. Yes. I I I saw that post as well, and I think that would be absolutely perfect for a forge project. To like, you know, you, your stamp, if it's a little too clean, maybe it kind of clashes with the brute to forge. But if it has a little bit of grit to the stamp too, just kind of adds to it all. I like it a lot. Um, I'm going to go ahead and pull out Jeremy Bolivall from 419 Forging. He's got a stack of steel. He's been, he and I have been talking a little bit about this crazy Damascus pattern that he's working on. You guys need to tune in to 419 Forging and see how this thing comes together. Um, he's got this little stack and it's, it's got some waves going through it. It looks very, you know, kind of like a river, but it's a very, it's going to be way more cool when it's done. I'm excited to see it. You guys should see it too. Go check out Jeremy Ballaball at 419 Forging. I'm going to shout out Morphin Time Forge. And uh, Morphin Time, he works over at Coal Ironworks. That's Nigel, Nigel Baker. And uh, he's buddies with uh, Shiloh from Sasquatch, CNC. Uh, those two guys are salt of the earth dudes. Hardworking, you can tell get their hands dirty every day. It's, it's, it's great to watch, but there's a great photo of him and Jeff Dodderman. Uh, I don't know if you guys know, uh, Dodderman Jeff on Instagram, but, uh, Jeff, yep. uh, makes things and, and, uh, works with, uh, one of the nonprofits, uh, warriors, uh, is it warriors way? I think it's warriors way. That sounds about right. Yeah, and um, and they did uh, so. Coal Iron has a school where you can go and learn and use their gear and learn how to blacksmith and uh, make certain things. And there's just a <clears throat> excuse me, a great photo of Nigel and Jeff together, and they tag WFI projects, and I love that. And I think it's great because I know Nigel and Jeff from two completely separate places. You know, they, they and I think they do live near each other. Uh, but they didn't know, you know, they didn't know each other until they got into blacksmithing and they started working together. So it's really cool. Pickle, you got another one? Uh, give me a second here. I can get one while you're, while you're looking. There's so many of them, you know, I'm, I'm just going to bring up Darren again, dude, because he just keeps on blowing my mind with everything he's doing. Like, you know, I know just Brian talked about him shortly, but he sent some out to, uh, who did I just see? He got, they got some worry stones from him. Where the fuck did they he, go? He went to they went to Ryan at Gnome Hammer, I think. Yes, yeah, yeah, I think that's where. They yeah, went. yeah. Oh, You're here. talking about like the three in his hand. Yeah, the video. three. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. That's an old post. That the co- that's from July. Yeah, that is from July. No shit. Okay, so this, I'm just scrolling through it, and this is not in order. <laughs> no, it's not. It's it, it, Instagram. I'm still is trying weird. to get used to this, guys. I'm sorry. 
I uh, I but do this he did thing do something when oh, when we talk ahead. about a post. I write disgust on the podcast as a comment, so you'll see me do that yeah. from time to time. Okay, that way the person, you know, knows that we shouted him out uh, yeah. during the yeah. show. He he did uh, he did a piece with some of my steel that I had sent him. I had done a uh, Damascus Kumai billet at one point, and it had some leakage in it. Mm. So I never used it and I never touched it or nothing, you know, and then I offered it to him if he wanted it and he took it. So he did something with it. Uh, hopefully as he gets far, further into that bar that there's no more leakage because like it, it shows in the copper and it just bugs me, but he's okay with it and it does give it character and uniqueness and all that. I totally get it, but it still bugs me that it's my steel, <laughs> but yeah. he, he was aware of the leak and all that. And, when you say but, uh, leak, yeah. though, like describe, like, what do you mean? Like the copper leaked in between the layers of steel, or I lost some copper during the forging process of the the billet. So yes. there's voids, or yeah, they like they seem they they could be voids. Like you could still get a solid uh, brass or weld, I guess, if you want to say, yeah. because like. I've seen where I heat treated a knife that did have a leak in it and there's no delamination that happened or anything from it in the heat treat. You know, normally if you do have a void in there, something's going to pop when you quench that blade. Mm. Okay. See, that's what I was going to so, ask because when I did my little experiment with uh, Q-Mai, I had it, it also leaked. So a big old section of it lost the copper. But I noticed that where I had lost the copper, I had great forge welds. Well, see, that's the thing is your billet is fully sealed, so you have an oxygen-free environment. And when that leak happens, it's most likely just a little pinhole, but it pisses out copper like a motherfucker. Yeah. Like, it happens. You'll have a big glob. You'll see, like, you'll turn around and then turn back at your forge, and you just see a glob coming yeah. out of the side of your billet, uh, and you're like, fuck. I'm yeah, always curious so, about that because, so, the melting point of copper is, what, like 12-something, like 1,200 uh, no, no, no. It's more like um, is it nineteen hundred? Uh, Twelve hundred aluminum. Uh, copper melting point is that's. I don't. I want Fahrenheit's fucker. So it's nineteen eighty four Fahrenheit. Oh wow. So yeah. okay. So that was my yeah. question: was if you decide to heat treat it, and when you do heat treat it, it let's just say you ha you're at non magnetic, which is like fifteen fifty or fifteen seventy five. You're really you're close melted. to that 1984. I mean, you're 400 degrees away from melting yeah. that. I mean, copper. that's that's the difference of being direct flame on top of your blade or not, like that. Yeah, because well, the thing yeah. is, is is the thinner that billet gets, okay, right. the Faster. quicker it gets hot. Yeah, it gets harder quicker, and by the time it gets thinner, the welds that you threw around that billet as well have moved. You know what I'm saying? Because oh. you could take, say, like like I've done some copper Damascus, which was layers of copper in 1084 once i had that billet done and used it for cladding you can't really seal up that cladding you know what i'm saying like you're gonna seal up your billet and all that stuff because i threw another copper shin in between the cladding and the core but like that whole layer of cladding that's like 25 layers of copper in 1084 you have to be very mindful and careful not to get your temperatures above melting point because yeah. then you're going to melt your cladding apart you know what i'm saying because mm. that is not sealed and contained within those welds mm. yeah, i guess the only question balance. that the only question that i had had is you know when you're forge welding together um for sand mice or damascus or whatever you have to be so careful about you know, very clean steel. You got to clean it off and make sure that there's nothing in between. And then I guess the, the juxtaposition is when I had the copper leak out, you imagine that's super con contaminated. So why did those forge weld so damn well, you know? <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know what I don't know. <laughs> well, I think isn't it acting kind of like a solder at that point? Where yeah, maybe it all like know. a flux. It's maybe. being it's being brass. The copper is brassing the steel. Like so, you got your layers and all that. Right. Like when you got copper in there, you're brassing. Oh, you're I not know. Forge I know that. Yeah. Like when there's copper in there, you know, I understand that it's brazing it together. But when I had a copper leak and it was just bare steel against bare steel, I would imagine contaminated with cop like whatever remnants of copper is left. Yeah. Why did I get well, that see, good of a forge weld where the copper left? See, the thing is, the thing is, is, okay, uh, 
for the copper to melt, you're near forge welding temps, okay? Right. And you could forge weld below forge welding temps. It's not ideal, but it can be done. Sure. Okay. So if if your billet caught a leak and as it leaked, you pull it out of the forge, you threw it in the press, chances are where that void from the leak happened is going to end up being forge welded because you're at either forge welding temps are near or even above, you know? Sure. So that that leak is going to end up getting squished and squeezed together because, like I mentioned earlier, you have a fully sealed billet that has a pinhole leaking copper in it. Mm-hmm. So you're technically still out of an oxygen-free environment yeah. in between those layers of steel. Yeah. Yeah. So they should forge weld together unless you got, like, copper in there that's, like, an eighth of an inch thick, and then you're going to end up with flakes and whatever, I'm sure, yeah. elams and pockets and... It's a, we we could have a, an entire show based on just this conversation. We could bring <laughs> and, you know what? and what I'm saying here don't it's like what I'm saying here is just my common sense speaking, and from what I've learned, yeah. this is yeah. you know like from other people. This is a variety of thoughts thrown into one basket, yeah. and this is what I come up with, and it makes sense. Do to you me. know what this so. really is? It's a big ad for Baker Fortune Tool. Don't screw around <laughs> with your own shit. You know, unless you're good at it, That's just true. buy the Baker stuff. It's going to be pretty. It's going to be perfect. This <laughs> is my argument, man. I, I tell people, like, you're going to dick around with this and try to figure this out. And granted, there's a lot of curious folks out there that want to learn how to do this. And I totally understand. I myself. And you, yep. Pickle, have figured it out. And But there's a lot of guys out there that, you know, don't want to spend the time, money and energy and resources and, you know, all the tooling to do this work. You can, for a hundred bucks, go buy a beautiful piece of steel from Baker Forge, but, uh, and use WFI 10, get, get 10% off anyways. All right, let's real quick. We got to uh, transition away from the, all of that into the patron, uh, question. Uh, Daniel Chapman asked a question. Wait, wait He's no, setting no up his database Shopify. this week. Oh yeah, we can do. Let me let me ask. I'll do the question first, then we'll do okay. the uh, dad joke at the end. Sure. He says, um, uh, "Hello, I'm working this up at my Shopify website for online sales of my products. Could you give me some insight into how you handle sales tax and remittance for online sales? Also, if you have in-person sales outside of your state at a trade show, <clears throat> excuse me, at a trade show or a market, how might that be handled as well? Thanks mm. for all you guys do." I know it sounds it sounds very boring to talk about taxes and sales tax, but uh, it is something that I screwed up a lot of when I first got into business, and I I'm in a unique position as always to answer a question like this. And if sure. you're a patron, you can uh, listen to the answer of how I handle my sales tax remittance um, and how it works with online sales. Nice. And we will we'll discuss that in the after show. And if you want to send us a question, I get a lot of DMs. Uh, with people asking questions in the DMs on Instagram and Facebook, those get buried and lost, unfortunately. Sometimes even people leave them in like the question or the comment section. I can't think of where they are and I'm not organized enough to you know compile them. So the best way to do it is go to patreon.com, log in, and send us a message in the back end. Then that way they get uh, you know qualified and I can go through and I can read them and, and – uh, and make sure your question gets answered, okay? So just uh, keep that in mind. Uh, dad joke. Oh, my God. While you're looking up a dad joke, I saw a new entry for the hashtag FPPOS, fire pit piece of shit. Bird Forge is <laughs> hanging out at a fire pit. He also hashtag WFI projects, but, yeah, he's he's kicking his feet I, up. I put my fire pit away. Yeah, me too. me too. Me too. <laughs> Bird Forge with the fire pit piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's funny that people still hashtag that. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Um, oh my god. I mean, I've got a million of these. I'm gonna I think I'm gonna go to the books. Should I go to the books? Grab my books. Sure. I've got a um I've got a dad joke library here. <laughs> and most of these books, believe it or not, come from Ben. Over Ben's bites, nice. He's he like sees them in bookstores or something and mails them to me, <laughs> which I find it hilarious. By the way, I just get a random package from him. Uh, let's see. I'd like to thank sidewalks everywhere. Oh yeah, yeah. It's keeping my kids off the streets. 
<laughs> you know, my daughter is terrified of elevators. Oh, yeah? So we're going to start taking steps to avoid them. Steps to avoid them. <laughs> Can I throw one out there? Yeah, sure. of course. I only I only seem to get sick on the weekdays. Why is that? Why is that? I must have... I must have a weakened immune system. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty good. I like that one. I like it a lot. Uh, Okay, so we're coming up to the end of the show. I appreciate you guys for listening in to the Work For It podcast. Remember to employ and deploy the 50-50 rule, which means 50% of whatever it is you do and or make, and 50% is the selling portion of that, which means you got to be making content on the regular. You got to be talking to people in the DMs. You got to be building relationships that bring you up. And I'm going to I'm going to say something really important here. Sometimes there is negativity that will present itself in the comment section or people messaging you or stealing your work or doing whatever. This is important. It's important to recognize it and to know that you're on the right path and then understand that the person that did that to you is not on your team at all and when they try to disguise their advice or their stealing or their negativity as help for you you can even further determine that this person is not on your team and you can do with that information what you want but if you're not on my team you're out baby and on to the after show goodbye see you later adios get off of my junk (laughs) I'm done with you I'm tired of it By the way, though, I'm going to say this real quick. Thank you for making yourself known and making it really obvious that you're not on my team. And I appreciate it. Thank you. And you guys should feel the same way. So if somebody comes after you and says some things or tries to do some things that is negative towards whatever you're doing, you're not on my team. And I thank you for presenting yourself. And now I'm out. And that's how I handle it. Do we want to do a rhyming game here? <laughs> <laughs>